Chapter 41 Once Upon a Broken Heart by Stephanie Garner Hmm, we wonder why you chose to click on this chapter. Is it because you're a huge fan of Stephanie Garner as we are, or is it because you haven't read her books yet and you want to know how good they really are? Well, either way, you have come to the right place. Fair warning though, this chapter contains toxic characters. But no emotions or feelings were harmed in the making of this episode. So, turn the page. Welcome to a new chapter of Between the Pages. If this is your first time joining our podcast, we welcome you. We are your hosts. I'm Hanin. And I'm Nesma. We host this podcast together where we review and recommend books for you to read. We divided our chapters into two parts, starting with a spoiler-free review where we will tell you what the book is about and what we thought about it. Then we move on to a more in-depth analysis of the book where we share our favorite moments, chat about the plot, and contemplate what could happen next in a series. Today we have Once Upon a Broken Heart by Stephanie Garner. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Like, this book I have been so excited to read since before it came out. Like, I read, like... Goodreads recommended it and I read the synopsis and I was like yes this is my book (laughs) (laughs) and uh, I I got it from book depository as a pre-order and the book came damaged and I contacted them and they sent me another copy and left the original copy with me and this is when we decided (laughs) to make it to make it for the podcast (laughs) since Nesma has a coffee now (laughs) yeah I got a free coffee at that (laughs) It was a hassle. Like, I wasn't even planning on reading this book. It wasn't even on my list. Mm. But then you made me think about it and consider reading it. And we even thought, why not for the podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, This is, I think, one of our more memorable books that we have. It's a little outside of the box. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I think we found our gem author, like, We've been in a reading slump for a while, and I think that book got us out of it. I, uh, I've always like seen Caraval around, and I, and I would think like, why not read it? And then I read the synopsis of the first book, or uh, or bring like the box set uh, synopsis on Goodreads and see what people said about the trilogy. And it didn't actually get me into reading it. Like I was like, nah, I don't think it's my thing, or I don't want to go mm-hmm. there. Um, until I read Once Upon a Broken Heart and my friend at work was reading Caraval and I was telling her about Jax and like for her to draw because like she's going to be our artist for our characters later on and she told me that he's in Caraval and I was like what this is like a continued <laughs> thing <laughs> yeah like uh it's like a world and this is like the Shadowhunter Chronicles or something. And she was like, yes. And um, I realized that Jack told the story in the book Once Upon a Broken Heart. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is what happened in Caraval Trilogy. So I was like, I went back and read it and it was amazing. I don't know why I didn't read it before. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Anyway, so to know whom we're talking about, <laughs> I think we should read you the synopsis because it's what made me really want to read this book. I tell you what it made me think this book was about and how we thought about the book later on. Okay, go okay. ahead. <laughs> so here's the summary. How far would you go for happily ever after? For as long as she can remember, Evangeline Fox has believed in true love and happy endings. Until she learns that the love of her life will marry another. Desperate to stop the wedding and to heal her wounded heart, Evangeline strikes to deal with the charismatic but wicked Prince of Hearts. In exchange for his help, he asks for three kisses, to be given at the time and place of his choosing. But after Evangeline's first promised kiss, she learns that bargaining with an immortal is a dangerous game, and that the Prince of Hearts wants far more from her than she'd pledged. He has plans for Evangeline, plans that will either end in the greatest happily ever after, or the most exquisite tragedy. <laughs> okay, guys, I read this and I and I pictured a beast in his castle, <laughs> and and like and like she's there, she made the deal, and now she has to be around him all the time, and like whenever he chooses to kiss her, he would, and. It would make him like soften in a way and like be better. Oh. Like it was like a Beauty and the Beast theme in my head. Yeah. And it turned out to be something, something completely, completely different. different. <laughs> <laughs> but it is oriented on the idea of fairy tale stories. And even if I don't think it's a fairy tale, but uh, the character is, is like obsessed with, Evangeline mm -hmm. is obsessed with fairy tales and and stories that have happily ever afters and she believes that everyone gets their happily ever after. You know what I actually thought? The reason why I didn't even think of this book was um, because it, it, I felt like it was another young adult novel. Mm -hmm. And it felt, it felt, to me, I thought it would be like something, um, how would you say? It? In Arabic, I would say tafha. Mm -hmm. But I don't know the equivalent word to that in English. Ridiculous. Something like, okay, ridiculous has a uh, very like, yeah. serious negative connotation. But I don't mean in that sense, but light. more it's light. Maybe yeah. light, yeah. Maybe too light for my taste. I would say it like that. Hmm. But I don't know, like I read the synopsis again. Like the first time I read it, I was like, I brushed it off. And I didn't even think about it again. And then I read it for the second time and I was like, hmm, this actually doesn't sound so bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but that's what I felt with Caraval reading the synopsis and the comments of the people. I was like, um, no, I'm not like doing another diversion trilogy or whatever. And then, uh, uh, and I thought it was more of a circus thing than a game thing. And mm -hmm. it was... It was perfect. I'm, I'm so, like, I regret not reading this earlier. But anyway, but when I read the synopsis of Once Upon a Broken Heart, I, I thought it would be more intense than just the, like yeah. a trilogy, a young adult trilogy, fantastical trilogy or whatever. And yeah, I'm so happy we read it. I actually love the cover. Like, it has a lot from the story. Uh, we have the UK edition one where it has the two knights and the bride and the prince in the back and the apple and the potion yeah. and like 
everything. I remember you kept asking me which one you, you yeah, want to get. The one with the broken heart, the black yeah. one or that one, yes. And Nisma went for it. <laughs> I immediately went. I didn't even second guess. I, I immediately went for uh, the yeah. the one with like the... UK edition. Even though it looked a bit childish in the book, it has like this big font where it like... Yes. Like, ah, uh, okay. <laughs> But it was very comfortable to read. Like, it was weirdly big font. That's why it felt, like, childish mm -hmm. in a way. Um, but it makes it easier to read, and you feel like it goes by faster. Mm, yes. You can finish it more easily. I finished it very fast. Yeah. Like, I remember once I hit chapter 40, I sat on Reddit, and I didn't notice the time it was 1 a.m. <laughs> when I finished <laughs> the book, when I put down the book, and I was like, I thought it was like 10 p.m., but... <laughs> I finished it last night, actually, because I procrastinate, as <laughs> <laughs> even with reading books, apparently. <laughs> but I'm glad we, uh, we, like, went into, like, Stephanie Garner stories, because, like, I love her, her themes and... Um, that she put in the books like even in Caraval the theme was like um, a story like it was about people's stories or characters stories like yes. they were even thinking in story terms as in like she had this paragraph where it's like uh, every story has uh, a beginning uh, a middle an almost ending and a true ending and uh, I love, like, being a storyteller, I love story arcs and, like, how we can fit in events throughout mm -hmm. the arc. Mm -hmm. And, um, like, she even divided her book that way, the last book in, yeah. in Caraval. And I love that. And then we go into Once Upon a Broken Heart, and now she's looking at fairy tales, not just stories. Yeah. And I love how she's taking this. It's more of, like, to satisfy the reader. Like, the re readers are all about stories, and mm -hmm. she's... She sounds like an author who writes as a reader, you know? And I love that. Yeah, yeah. right. That's exactly it. I mean, okay, the, the thing about her writing was that it's very uh, plot-oriented. Yes. And none of that world-building stuff, it's more... Character background. Yeah. Uh, like, it's, it's there. It's, it's there, but it's it's in distributed in like little pieces or mm. little like nuggets throughout the whole Plot, story. Yes, yeah. And that's how like if when I ever take like different writing classes, they usually or like when I when I look at like YouTube videos from like other authors who've written before, um, they say that you usually shouldn't put like an information dump at mm, the beginning mm -hmm. of your mo they say most um new writers or newbie writers tend to do that they tend to like uh spring on you like this um like lots of information to like fill the gaps before mm. the story even starts because like they feel the need to explain everything before mm. the plot That's is happening true. and know? i understand where they come from i mean they did all this research to to make things plausible in the story yes. and like make sense and they want to 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 show you where they came from mm -hmm. and uh i get that and even even well like known writers as sarah j mass i think she did that in crescent city or like it was oh, a yeah. lot about the world and Definitely. the character in the but beginning. But I think that's her style, you know, yeah. in a way it's... Um, it worked great in A Court of Thrones and yes. Roses. It was, it was less, less, less dense in a way. Exactly. Uh, 
but yeah, and it was so refreshing reading and Stephanie Garner. And if we take, for example, way. Carve the Mark and the Fates Divide, like mm-hmm. Carve the Mark, I remember when we started reading it, it was very confusing mm-hmm. yes. because there was no world building. Yes. You had to figure it out mm-hmm. yourself. You and it took a while. Two planets and, and like it's ships a, and yeah. like, uh, characters that look different than humans and act different and uh-huh. have different abilities. And cultures that are unheard of in our real world, but like, yeah, and we got to know them across, like, maybe even they made sense in the second book. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's interesting to see, like, an author who's perfected this way of mm. um, writing without giving you all this, like, uh, I don't know. And she it's, gives it in an interesting way. It's yes. more of, of what the character is thinking will happen. And then but she has something stored for us that would like take completely us on different. a completely like, different turn. You think you have, you have the story figured out while you're reading. is like, no, think again. <laughs> <laughs> because you're thinking with the character. And through that, you know um, what they experienced maybe mm-hmm. before. And a, lit- a little hint there and a little hint there. And then yes. you form the background story on your own. And I love that. Exactly. It was amazing. <laughs> okay, so I guess this is what we think about Once Upon a Broken Heart. Mm-hmm. And you should definitely pick it up, even if you haven't read Caraval. Uh, like, I mean, this must yeah. fine. <laughs> I didn't need Caravel to read Once Upon a Time. <laughs> <laughs> broken Heart. <laughs> anyway. Oh, Broken Heart. So now we're going to go into the spoiler part. There was a comparison that I wanted to... Or something that popped into my head while we were discussing Jax before recording. When we talked about... The immortality and humanity thing. Like, uh, yes, the, the idea of like... Okay, Jax we feel like he's not going to change at this point or he's afraid of like becoming human Hmm. and i feel like if we wanted Jax to change in a way he has to get to a point where he's so in love he doesn't care Hmm. and i don't know if Jax is even capable of of doing that but anyway like there was this um scene that popped into my head while i was thinking of that is Damon from the Vampire Diaries. Mm. Um, the scene where I hope I'm not spoiling anything for anyone, but um, the the scene where he wanted to take the cure with Elena, and everyone basically talking him out of it, of um, because his personality or the essence of who Damon is is him being a vampire, and he's been a vampire for like over 150 years or 170 mm. years, yes. so. He's gotten quite used to it at that point, and he he probably can't imagine a life without it anymore, or he he will probably regret um, becoming human. So I was thinking maybe Jax is having this this fear as well of like losing something that he's used to because from what we've seen so far, Jax's personality is very reckless and manipulative and um, mm. very. Um, self-absorbed self-absorbed but not necessarily like that but like that's a personality trait but what Mm. i mean everything that's related to him his manipulative behavior is all related to like his immortality and the fact that he he has powers and he doesn't give a shit basically about Mm. what anyone else thinks because there are no consequences for him yeah but if he's human 
he's like everybody else, you know, like he's not going to be able to just manipulate or control anyone. So like the the thing that he values the most or that he has fun with, let's say his mm. play thing yeah. is are his powers and his Im immortality and take that away. He's weak. He's powerless. Childish. He has childish. He has no like adult instinct in his body whatsoever. <laughs> So it was like interesting to see that um, or interesting to think about what would make him come to the point where he it wouldn't matter to him anymore. And I think the only thing that could change his mind is that if he actually truly falls in love, mm. you know, if he really falls in love, doesn't mean necessarily that it's an adventure line, which we're going to talk about later. Yeah. But um, I think the only thing that's going to get him out of his rut is someone who like someone he's like really head over heels for and who who he wants to be with no matter what the cost and someone he wants to change for but again i don't see that happening in any way like because yeah. i think Jax is supposed to be that i think he's maybe closer to a human just a tiny bit because like if he dies now he dies mm -hmm. okay so maybe he has this mortal danger Fear. thing going on But what he is, in like is his his being does not know love as like we know it according to the world and the story. Yeah, I don't see it happening, but maybe it will because like Garner makes us think that something is not going to happen and it happens, and that something is going to happen and it doesn't, or it happens in a different way. A lot. But maybe I tried to predict it that way, <laughs> but like. Yeah, let's continue on to see what happens. Like Evangeline doubted her sister and turns out she was right, but the author made us believe that she was wrong in the beginning. Ah, uh, yes. Lala, when she was introduced, felt like a side character yeah. and then turns out she's a fate. Yes. Um, Evangeline's feelings toward Jax, they keep on like, changing and changing yeah you think it's going into like a love arc direction mm. but yes. it's completely different it's completely different and it's not a hate arc as well just, you are. i think and apollo dying yeah where did that, that was come like, from what <laughs> yeah so she's very clever at doing that and like the way he died with the way evangeline really reacted it's it like makes you think like there was a plot going on and and like We don't understand it just as the characters don't. Even Jax didn't know what was going on. You feel like there's something in the background happening which the author isn't telling you, but mm -hmm. it, it's you're gonna know later. Like, yes. That's why. That's what keeps you reading. Like, you know what not, the character knows. Yeah, yeah. She's not gonna keep you in the dark for long, mm -hmm. but you know that it's heading somewhere. And that was and like, even the way Evangeline kept thinking. You know. Apollo might be her chance. She might yes. be able to change. Like she, she I took you in the it. direction of the. If she lifts the curse of him or like the effect of Jax from him, maybe she will make him love her. And then he dies. <laughs> It's like what <laughs> we were going in one direction, and then suddenly we swerve. <laughs> right? Like I did yeah. not even see that coming. That was something that was so out of the blue. And she makes us like she makes those character monologues or like thoughts that we read of like that affects our perception, like we said, of of every character around the main character, and uh, 
that's very very clever and it drove the story forward in a way that made us just sit and read <laughs> yeah yeah but we wanted we wanted to discuss the evangeline and apollo like relationship yeah. or situation like of course we feel like apollo is being abused in a way and uh and it's very wrong and we kept hoping that what would salvage this is actually like her lifting the curse and um mm -hmm. like giving him a choice in the matter and hoping that the choice will be her and i think that still stands knowing that apollo isn't dead yeah so that there is still this hope i mean there there okay there was actually a, a, a part in the story where i actually believed for a second that he wasn't under a spell and he mm. was actually in love with her but as we got closer to like the wedding and the wedding night and all that it's just got so intense that mm. it was so, it felt so fake and so um cringy even his at character some point. is hilarious despite how abused yes. it is it's like she put all the cheesiness in one character <laughs> all like, the cliches all the cliches in one character <laughs> it was hilarious like to read i thought it, it would be annoying after a while but it, it wasn't because no. like she surprised by him dying <laughs> i know and okay there was a part where i felt like she's gonna regret um lifting the curse lifting the yeah. curse off of him but she's still like she has no choice there's no choice in the matter because she still will believe even if she like keeps him the way he is um she will always have that doubt in her heart that it's not real mm. he doesn't actually she love won't her feel happiness just as jack's like controlled avenger uh, i mean donatella before yeah i kept thinking how 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 will he be happy about that yeah like she's exact she's saying exactly what he wants to hear yeah how is that like how how are you going to believe that it's yeah. true? And we know that from all the love spells and love potions from yeah. every other story that the the person who cast it doesn't turn out to be happy in the end because like it's it's not real. This is not what they wanted. Yeah. Even though they're getting exactly what they wanted. <laughs> there is actually one part that you told me about which gives me a little bit of hope mm. when you told me that every potion or everything that is taken it, um, it has to have like already some essence inside mm. the person to amplify yes. those feelings. Yeah. So that means that there must have been already like a starting attraction or something that drove him or like um um what's it called intrigued him like about intrigued her. him yeah. about Evangeline to yeah. amplify that and make it into love or like obsession mm -hmm. and um that like makes you think okay that means there is something lingering mm. in like uh, maybe deep 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 down he yeah he, he didn't has, realize it yeah, because he like realize if it. you look at paul's character before the spell he's more he was very arrogant. he's a narcissist <laughs> in a way. very arrogant yeah, yeah he was very arrogant and narcissist and like self-absorbed yeah um like he was the kind version of jacks like jacks is the toxic virgin he's the He's human version human version <laughs> <laughs> which if we put it that way makes sense that they might be something in the yeah. future because like there's something yeah. like there's something there like yeah. i know that apollo and evangeline like okay i, I even told you about that 
that a part in the story or like Evangeline's behavior about her calling Apollo even after he died her husband because mm. if you think about it if you got married to someone who was like you're not in love with you just it was just circumstance and you were forced into it and uh, then you break it off and the person dies and then you want to find the killer of that per like of your husband yeah. but then you keep referring to him as your husband i thought that was strange like mm. if he's no longer her husband and there was like no love story or no attachment then why call him your husband mm. you know it was it was very um intriguing the yeah. way she addressed him mm -hmm. after that that meant that i felt like that meant something to mm -hmm. her like being married to him meant something and uh, there is still hope there is still, still hope. hope. I think there is still hope. Yeah. Like maybe he doesn't wake up at the beginning of the next book. He stays asleep for the rest of it. And like this turns into um, Another like following the prophecy thing and like her her mm -hmm. her being part of the prophecy and not like the love story or the fairy tale she, she yes. went out to get. But um, we don't know. And speaking of the prophecy what's that about like i i know from every story especially maybe percy jackson where like there is a prophecy it has to be fulfilled and you can't like you can't go away from it once you know about it like there is this attraction like you can't stop mm -hmm. and we've seen that happen with evangeline throughout the book she's like Yes, but I'm part of this. Yes, I need to see this through. Yes, yes, I and maybe she thinks she has the choice not to go through with it, but she wants to know her part in it, and mm -hmm. and she thinks that because like there is no going back. Yeah, but yeah, maybe we can read the prophecy to refresh uh, our, our minds. Yeah, <laughs> this arc may only be unlocked with a key that has not yet been forged. Conceived in the north and born in the south, you will know this key. Because she will be crowned in rose gold. She will be both peasant and princess, a fugitive wrongly accused, and, on, and, and only her willing blood will open the ark. So far, we think that she was conceived in the north and born uh, in the south because her parents met in the north. Mm -hmm. But we're not sure. Even the fate that appeared by the end of the book, Fedra, when we learned that... Uh, Apollo isn't really dead. There is potential with that thread, like with this character, that maybe she contacts her mother or her father and uh, sees what actually happened. Maybe she's not part of the prophecy and someone else is. But I doubtful. You think that would, yeah, no, I don't doubtful. think that would be a direction we're okay, taking. So <laughs> Imagine if we change protagonist. <laughs> hmm. No, ch not change, but someone no someone you want if you're yeah mm -hmm. anyway so uh the part about the conception uh i mean the conceive Marine. <laughs> anyway um the part about being her crowned in rose gold i thought this is very interesting and and very specific <laughs> and i thought it was because of her pink hair and mm. uh the crown which is gold you have yeah. the rose hair and yeah. the golden crown. But Not necessarily. her hair is actually rose gold. Ah. Okay, she mentioned that once, yes. But yeah, it's a nice interpretation as well. Yeah. yeah. And like her being a nobody and like then a princess. Yeah. Even you, you thinking that Tiberius might be someone she might trust later and he trusts her. 
Uh, I don't think so. I think they're past that. What do you think? No, no, no. They're definitely past that. No, when mm -hmm. I talked about her trusting Tiberius was like way before anything yes. happened with Apollo. <laughs> I thought that if she, if Apollo was still alive mm. and she would have had a chance to get to know Tiberius a little bit better, she might have, he might have been an ally or like someone she to could trust. To stop what Jack story. started, basically. Exactly. Yeah. But after Apollo died, there there was no coming back from that because Tiberius had already um, lost his, like, his faith in her. His, yeah. faith, his faith in her. But and already out, did something terrible. But he... again, this doesn't add up because turns out Tiberius was the one who put the poison in the in He the wanted cup. to get rid of her and instead he... Uh, he so the, then the trust thing doesn't add up. Like he knows that it wasn't her. So mm. where why wouldn't he trust her? That's the thing. And I don't but, think there is a possibility for him changing um, his like his his faith and not like getting the prophecy fulfilled. Like maybe they make him understand that it needs to get fulfilled. But I thought about that as like a thread to follow. But yeah, I don't think so as well. And there is actually a part with Havelock. I don't know if I should mention it now or in the predictions part. Mm -hmm. It's like something with their relationship that I thought might happen or something that. Uh, Should I mention it now or later? Yeah, yeah. I think we're predicting while discussing okay. spoilers. Anyway. There was something that I thought of, like the way that he's so loyal and so aware of like what's happening and that he knows who to trust and who not to trust. Mm. And that he's he's not afraid to stand up. Mm. Like when he stood up to Tiberius and said that, no, we should do this and that. And mm. uh, he shouldn't like get married now to um, Marisol and just like respect your brother's death or something like that yeah so he's someone who's very trustworthy or mm. he's like loyal and i think if he already sees evangeline as a princess or refers to her as a princess because like apollo being half alive or whatever mm. i think that maybe like in the second part of the, of the story like the second book he might be her like personal bodyguard or like yeah. her personal her ally her ally or like someone yeah. who like goes with her on missions mm. and protects her and um plus he ha he he has a very good knowledge of the kingdom exactly and, like the palaces and yes. the castles and Yeah. So I feel like he's gonna be a central character who's like gonna help Evangeline throughout her journey. Mm. Specifically, that he also knows how to deal with fates. Like when he got um, the last one, what was her name again? Oh, uh, Fedra. Fedra. Mm. So he knows when to like Trust make the fate deals or make with, deals with or... fates. And uh, yeah. it's interesting to like see him in action because. At the beginning as well, it's like deceiving. You think Havelock is just a side character, mm. not significant. Yeah. And uh -huh. then he comes back and he's... With a big card. He's yes. alive. <laughs> exactly. And I trust you. So... And I think he kind of wanted to trust her, even though he thought she killed him. Like, like he wasn't sure <laughs> he wanted... He thought something was suspicious with yes, yes. Tiberius. I think he's someone with great intuition as well. Exactly. So I think he's gonna be a great character. Yeah, I think we 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 like we talked about the villain Jax being the villain versus the lover. Not necessarily. No. 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 Okay. We didn't tackle it. Yeah. In that way. Like before reading the book, I thought he was going to be the lover. Yeah. Even when she met him again in the north. I thought maybe there is a that, love arc there. Okay. That is the 
easiest thing to to go for yes go for because that's the obvious Mm. but now that we've like gotten a feeling of a like what garner's plot is like usually she doesn't go for the obvious Mm -hmm. she goes for the round she gives you the obvious but takes it away (laughs) yes exactly so i think jack's not being the love interest actually makes the story even a thousand times better Mm. and He's sort of like in between. He's not really a villain and he's not really a lover. He's something like someone you can't trust, but also someone who's useful. Exactly. Someone who's... I actually don't think he's the villain at all because he's not the one standing in the way of, um, of something our character wants. Is he? Like He is, isn't he? He does it all the time. Like he manipulated Apollo into falling in love with her. And um, she wanted to fall in love with Apollo, but she couldn't because it was all Jack's doing mm-hmm. that he was fake falling in love with her. So it's like he stood in the way of that a little like because he was ha- like he was playing around. Yes, because of what he is and his obsession with Evangeline because she made a deal with him and like that she's different and that she's part of the prophecy. But now, Evangeline prophecy. She wants to to see. I don't think she wants to see it happen because, like, still the last line didn't happen where her she gives her blood willingly. Willingly, maybe. I, th- but I, think, I think something will happen where where Jax is gonna play around again with the plot, and he's gonna put her in a situation and where she has to want to, to give open the door. Blood. Yes, definitely. This is how Jax works. But I think the villain is going to be Tiberius. True villain. He's the one who's going to be in the way all the time. Really? Yeah. Because like his sole purpose is not making the Ark open. Yeah. Wow, I didn't even think and, of Tiberius and, again. And, and he's going to stand in her way of even waking up Apollo or being with Apollo because he doesn't want the prophecy fulfilled. Like, everything he does would be not to make the prophecy fulfilled, so he's in Evangeline's way. way. Okay, but he was put in prison now, so how is he gonna... Yeah. Right, I forgot that part. You think he's gonna escape? Then who's going to be the villain? Because I don't think it's Jax. Yes, he's horrible and toxic and manipulative, but I think he's the Dumbledore in the story. You know, he's the one who's moving... The pieces, things, yes, but but he's not the bad guy. He's not the Voldemort, you know. <laughs> you do have a point. He's more the one who's moving the plot forward because mm. of his decisions and his behavior. But I wouldn't necessarily say he's the villain, but he's still in the way mm. of everything. He's he's, he's basically the way in Evangeline's happiness, yeah, yes, which, which she wants. And like her her happy ending. And I think there must be someone else who's going to pop up in the second book. Someone other than Tiberius who's going to be in the way. Who's going to mm. be the true villain. I think something bigger is going to happen. But Tiberius is a good good start. Like I think something might happen there. I mean even if he's in prison something mm might happen he definitely has influence he definitely maybe his brother would want him back maybe i don't know 
But you know what? I think that that the big thing that's going to happen would be, um, I still don't remember their name, the people, the people who like are trapped behind the ark. Oh yeah. Uh Like it would maybe it would happen at the beginning of the story where she fulfills the prophecy, and maybe those are the true villains. Yeah, maybe they become the true villains, and it's gonna be like the fate side or their side, you know. Mm -hmm. But so far. Even though we don't think Jax is going to be love interest, but because we think that we should think that he might be, <laughs> because she keeps like deceiving us this way, right? It's so yeah. confusing. Like honestly, I think Garner's stories or Garner's novels are those types where you shouldn't just think about the plot too much because. They're, like we won't be able to predict anything anyway, yeah. so don't even bother. <laughs> even after all the books we've read, she still surprises us. Yes, like, yeah. I think that was everything. Like we merged the the discussion with the predictions, and I think that was an interesting way in looking at the story, mm-hmm. as in by looking at what's going to happen. The second book is going to come out in September this year, so. Yeah, we can't wait. <laughs> Hold in Even there. if we're not going to like <laughs> Hang review, in there. It, review it on the podcast immediately, we're probably going to do it a bit later. Yeah. But um, stay tuned until then. Mm-hmm. I really want Apollo to be the love interest. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I don't like his character. Like it's... What? He, he's like, he could grow on you. Like honestly, I want to get to know him a little bit better apart from... The lo- like after the love potion I want the love potion to just wear off mm. and us to get to know him for real you yeah. know like something must be about something about her must be lovable you know yeah the next book is called The Ballad of Never After The Ballad of Never After and here is the cover let's see what's on it maybe it gives us a hint okay there is an arc <laughs> <laughs> with trees in front of it like this big red flower i think wow okay it has a rabbit and a bird Hmm. there's some type of drink like a cup Hmm. and the if you look closely the rabbit has something on their head like a crown or something like look at that wait show me yeah, it is crowned. Yeah. There is mushrooms like Alice in Wonderland yes. up there. <laughs> mushrooms, yeah. Eat me, eat me. And the dove. A in dove. a cup, like you said, a dove. Yeah. Um, and the flowers, you think the big flowers, they have something significant? Yeah, maybe. We don't know what type of flowers they are, but there are. there is tree with apples. Uh, Lots of apples on the trees, different colors, yellow and red. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. And like the arc is open to a night sky. It has bits of stars in it. And like from Caraval, there is a big thing about the stars. Yeah. Okay. Because the one on the first Once Upon a Broken Heart is dark. Like, you can't see mm. ahead of it. Like, it's really pitch bl- pitch black. Yeah. Well, pitch blue, but you, know, you get what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> 
but I am I'm actually missing the soldiers on the on the front cover like I don't like that it's it has no people uh. like it's just you know what I mean a garden yeah why do you think the head from the soldier is gone like there's one with the helmet and the other doesn't have one I think these those soldiers symbolize the people who are like lost their power the one we want to free them I think they started with a V. Why are we so bad with this? Valorous? Was it yeah. something with like V, Valorous, Va- Valorous, Valorous, maybe. Valeries. Valeries? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was... Okay, there was one part where Chaos was wearing a helmet, mm-hmm. remember? Like something on his head to protect yeah. himself from biting anyone. Yes. So... Maybe, maybe that's something as well but or maybe it's know. what happened with apollo yeah and like, this one this guy has a sword mm. and this one doesn't yeah like he has and the the sword is like dipping into the potion mm. maybe that what happened to apollo mm. okay maybe yeah but and they're different armors armors yeah they're different like this one has more like got um design on it like do you think one is made and the other is female like the other is slimmer and smaller right i think you might be right yeah yeah and the female doesn't have a head Mm -hmm. Mm. Hmm. because manipulated by jacks i mean the apple is beneath her feet yeah and who's the rabbit in the second book like here we have the fox yeah we have we know it's evangeline Maybe there is someone else who fulfills the prophecy. Yeah. But the prophecy fits so perfectly to Evangeline. Like yes. rose gold. Maybe that's what Garner wants us to think. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alright, folks. <laughs> that's it for today. Yeah. We are happy to be back again. Yeah, we missed you and we missed doing this and yeah. <laughs> and yeah, expect another episode next month as always. One episode per month. <laughs> That's as much as we can give you. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. See you next time. See you. Thank you for making it till the end of this chapter. We certainly enjoy talking about Once Upon a Broken Heart. And we will be impatiently waiting for the final book of this duology, A Ballad of Never After, coming out next September. But until then, we will be continuing with our theme of stories, fairy tales, and spinning plots. So what better book to pick up next time other than Gilded by Marissa Meyer, which is a spin-off to the Rumpelstiltskin fairy tale. Until next chapter, mark the page for chapter 42.